Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages and all the ships at sea, all is well in the world. Tony Basilio welcome you to another edition. It's a Thursday edition. It's a John Adams presented by Seniors Helping Seniors edition. We have lots and lots and lots and lots to discuss today. Why don't we do it on the other side? I need you. I need you today in the form in in the form of a clap in your hands in the form of a clap in your hands ladies and gentlemen i need you today in the form of a clap in your hands matt dixon's in the house we excited on the other side after this Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. 
recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. you got to know Spend a very special evening with The Gambler. The timeless music of Kenny Rogers, performed by Justin Sullivan and his seven-piece Real Deal Band. Many have said this is the best tribute show of its kind. Hear all your Kenny Rogers favorites. Lucille, Lady, She Believes in Me, Coward of the County, Everyone considered him the coward Saturday, the May 20th, 7 p.m. at the legendary Crockett Theater in Lawrenceburg. Tickets begin at only $16. Yes, an evening with the gambler and the Real Deal Band. Saturday evening, May 20th at 7. For more information, log on to CrockettTheater.com. CrockettTheater.com. We'll see you there. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tona B, Tona B, ladies and gentlemen, welcome you to another uh, edition as we welcome you. It is a Thursday like never before. A Thursday like never. I'm talking, it is a John Adams bow thy head when you say thy name Thursday. John Adams, how does it feel to be back with us once again? Uh, Tony, I'm, I'm just excited that you're so excited about it. It just makes me feel better about the show and about life in general. Thanks. Well, thanks yeah. for that. I'm pretty pumped. Sound I'm pretty like pumped. It. Matt Dixon, are you pumped right now? Are you pumped, Matt Dixon? Uh, big time. I'm, I'm excited for this series, baseball series this weekend. Well, we're going to need some KO pectate this weekend. Got to be able to stop the runs. 
because they're going to run all over us, I'm afraid. Tell Adams how much you're going to run, uh, Matt Dixon. Give him the lowdown, the 411, as we're dropping a fresh, brand new, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics, a TLD Logistics Extra Innings. As soon as uh, our transmission ends today, that will serve as your overtime today. Matt Dixon today, breaking it down scientifically. And Matt, share with John your thoughts on how how much running we're going to see. Yeah, well, I, I put the, the over-under on stolen bases for the series at 16 and a half. Yeah. Kentucky steals the most in the SEC by, by a wide margin, and, and Tennessee obviously allows the most. So kind of a best on worst, which typically doesn't end well for, for, the, for one team. It's a really strange philosophy, John, the Vols have. We were talking about this yesterday with Sean Sinclair, but it's been successful for him. But it's really hard to watch your opponents just steal ad nausea on you, John. But it is what it is. You have to, you know, to quote Joel Embiid, you got to kind of trust the process. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a power game now, power pitching, power hitting, and and so not that many teams uh, run so much. Uh, Kentucky, based on what Matt's saying, Kentucky's really the exception. Uh, Tennessee might be on the extreme in terms of, well, it doesn't really matter that much if you if you steal a few bases. We're still going to outscore you. We'll hit a bunch of home runs. That was true last year, and Tennessee's still doing well in home runs, though not at last year's historic pace. But uh, yeah, it's kind of odd, and and I think it I think it can be really frustrating for fans when you watch a guy just take a base pretty pretty casually in fact we have a lot to talk about today and uh you know i, I was looking at a couple things that got me kind of thinking toward the future and then i was uh, sort of breaking it down scientifically i was talking with john at our pre-production meeting today and, and we were sort of getting into and thinking about uh the future and you know john it's kind of dawned on me that uh, it sort of dawned on me, John, that uh, we have a situation where our football coach is the perfect coach to have during this era. I don't know how this has occurred, but in the NIL era, is there a better coach than this guy to have? I mean, Josh Heupel treats people like professionals. We're in sort of a professional era. The Nick Sabans of the world and that model is sort of flying out the window. Uh, and, and this guy treats people like men, for lack of a better term. Uh, and, and the way professional athletes are supposed to be treated. I think Heupel is the perfect guy for this time. I don't know how Tennessee's landed on him, but I want to talk about expectations today. But your thoughts on Heupel in terms of just... Uh, his mental makeup at this time. Well, yeah, and we've talked about this before. It's as though uh, it's why it appears that Josh Heupel would be really good in the NFL. Um, he's uh, he's pretty confident in what he's doing, and he goes about his business uh, uh, in the, in that manner. He, you know, he's. I don't know that he he sweats all the small stuff that much. Uh, but you're right. He he treats. It's sometimes you look at it and you think he 
things that might upset other coaches don't seem to upset him that much. Um, he's he's cool under fire, and he's really good in one area, which is offense. So yeah, I mean uh, Andy Reid comes to mind. Yep. Uh, you you watch Andy Reid on the sidelines, and he kind of has things under control. You feel like he's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's invested in it. You can tell that, but he's he's planning, he's scheming, and and I feel like Josh Heupel is too. And he just doesn't he doesn't seem to get overwhelmed by when things don't things don't go well. Yeah, when you look at his offense, I think a lot of coaches, even though they know this combination could work, you spread the field, you go up tempo, and you force a the secondary mainly, to make quick decisions. And if they don't make the right one, they're in big trouble because you can exploit that. But I think they don't like the idea of that because they feel as though things are kind of out of control. And uh, also they think about, well, how is this going to affect the defense? Whereas Heupel just rolls with it. I mean, he just says, okay, we're just trying to win games. It doesn't matter if we win the game 48-45 or 2017. And I think, as you mentioned, this is a very offensive-minded error. Everything has been slanted toward the offense. Uh, all the rules changes until maybe this new thing where they don't stop the clock on first downs except for in the last two minutes of each half. That that could help the defense a little bit. But overall, it's been all toward offense. And he's an offensive guy. He's a guy that can recruit quarterbacks. And everybody questioned his recruiting there was no real great documentation behind that, but they just wondered. He wasn't known as a recruiting guru, so to speak. He was known for offense. But his system, and you couple that with the NIL money, uh, if you got NIL money and you're willing, willing to spend it, your coach doesn't have to be a super salesman. Matt Dixon, here's the thing I struggle with, and I, I want you guys to kind of help me grapple today on the air. I have not, as of yet in my mind, put any expectations on this head coach. And I don't know why that is, but I'm starting to think that that's coming. We're getting ready to get into the playoff era. So under Josh Heupel, 12-team playoff, Tennessee should make the playoffs every blank. I want my listeners to tell me this today. When the playoffs begin under Josh Heupel, the expectation is to be in a 12-team playoff in a five-year period. Tennessee should, now that the thing is back going in full speed, and I think it is back going full speed, unless you guys don't think it's back going full speed, um, but every blank. What, what, what's the answer to that, Matt? And, and is it fair right now? to start putting expectations, or is the time not yet come to put expectations on the program? Uh, no, I, I think you always have to have expectations with your with your program. Um, I'm not, I'm haven't, I guess I'm with you, I haven't really finalized anything yet. And I, I think more than ever, it's kind of a year-by-year year deal with, with the portal and, and how much that affects your, your roster each year and, and the turnover and the lack of depth at key spots, you know, makes you one injury away from having a really bad year. But I, once every three years, 
would, would probably be my, without having put a lot of thought into it, once every three years I would expect Tennessee to, to be in the playoffs. What do you think, John, as a fair expectation and to the living listener? Well, uh, in terms of a it, playoff expectation, beginning next year when the 12-team playoff happens. Yeah, see, once you go to a 12-team playoff, I expect to see four SEC teams in it. Uh, because, again, we're going to supposedly place great emphasis on strength of schedule, and the SEC strength of schedule naturally will be amplified over every other conference, including the Big Ten, which will probably be number two, but I think that's so. That's gonna that's gonna help a lot of SEC teams. But I think uh, can Tennessee be in? How often can Tennessee be in the top four? Remember, we won't be having divisions anymore. It'll just be one sixteen-team league. So I think you could make a you could make a reasonable case that Tennessee could be in the in the top. You used. Uh, you used a five-year period, so that would be, I guess, I would think twice that Tennessee could be in the playoff. We're not saying it's winning a national championship now. We're just saying it's finishing in the top 12. It's basically what we're saying. So it sounds kind of extreme when you say, oh, in the playoff two times in five years? Oh, my gosh, that's so different from, than what Tennessee's been doing. But you have to remember 12 teams in a playoff, a powerful strength of schedule. Everybody in the SEC will have one. So I think that's reasonable that Tennessee now has a good coach. Well, and let's let's take it a step further. Let's take it a step further. Tennessee this year, and I think this year is kind of a rebuilding year. Uh, Matt, the early polls have the Vols where? Like somewhere around 15 or so. Is that what? Where most people have them, which is right in striking distance. That so this year, you're even for a 12-team playoff. And if you look at the initial DraftKings offering to people of starting the balls at a at a total of nine and a half, you're talking about a um, a a program that that is right there, right there, right now. Unless I'm missing something. Is that accurate, Matt, or am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, I think they're somewhere in the the ten, the fifteen, maybe ten, at least ten to twenty range in most most early polls right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. It isn't going to get anything but better from here. That's that's the thing. Now you said you know some years you take a step back or what? Obviously, right, 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 right. So Matt says one every three years, three and ten. For the playoff, uh, Brian Hartman is three and ten for the playoff. A fair expectation here, or is that a uh, or is that too low or too high? What do you think, uh, Brian? I think that's about right. I think um, I think that's about right. I, I, I would go. I would think that two out of every four years, you ought to be in strong contention for a playoff berth. At least half the time. Eight six five two hundred. If you're yeah. ranked, you're going to be there. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. John, one of the things we talked about during our uh, during our pre-production is is that we're already starting to see it, and you wrote an article about this. 
the haves are going to be the haves and the have-nots are going to be the have-nots during this NIL period. You made a case a year ago, and people thought you were being funny. You made a case a year ago that, look, Tennessee's uh, fans and the big money people are tired of being laughed at, and they want to win games, and they uh, are going to be apt to really spend the money. You were you said it a year and a half ago. In fact, when this NIL, when it, when we first figured out that NIL was going to turn into pay for play, uh, you said, "Watch Tennessee." There's no reason to believe that you're not one thousand percent right, John. You, in fact, you were one thousand as usual, one thousand percent on the money. Well, I, I just think there are also uh, the SEC. There are a lot of teams, SEC programs. Uh, that are willing to spend the money, that are desperate to win. Uh, Texas A&M is desperate to win. And I know we keep joking about I mean, it is a joke. It's an Aggies joke. All the times that people are thinking, well, this could be the Aggies year, this will be their breakout year, and they falter. But at some point, when you're willing to spend the kind of money that Texas A&M is willing to spend, you're going to hit a home run. It's just going to happen. And And I think there's... I think Auburn's a program that's desperate to win now, and I think it has a good coach. And I, I expect Auburn to, to ascend in the next couple of years. Um, but I think what one of the really – there's so many schools in the SEC that have what it takes to win. And uh, when you talk about maybe 25 schools in the country that are capable of winning a national championship in this era – I think they're probably, I don't know, maybe eight or nine in the SEC that could do that uh, because it's so important. You you have boosters that are willing to spend. And I, I think one of the most crucial things in this era, if you have the NIL, you have the right coach, what about the quarterback? You just can't afford now to get left with a mediocre quarterback. You need a big-time quarterback. And that's, you get the right coach, you get the NIL money, but if you still don't have uh, a quarterback who can win a championship game, you're going to fall short. And that's what I wonder about Alabama this coming season. It did, did it just, it kind of got left out in the quarterback race for whatever reason, and it can happen. But I think you have to be so mindful of that. You have to not only have the right coach, but you have to have somebody, if it's not the coach doing the same thing, you need a general manager who's managing that roster, just like in the NFL, who's looking at that and saying, where will we be at quarterback in 2024? Where will we be in 25 and 26? You have to always be thinking about that. And if you can't do it in the recruiting era area, you better be looking for transfers. So, John, that's interesting. You think there are that many schools in this league that can win a national championship? N- name me the schools, John, that can win it all. Since, uh, okay, since let's, you... let's start with the newcomers, Oklahoma and Texas. The... I know oh, Texas I hadn't considered bad. that. Hey, Brian, turn your mic up. Oklahoma, all right, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Texas. Texas. I, I don't ahead. think anybody would argue with that. They no, no, no. Right no. Vandy can't, Kentucky can't. Turn Ole yourself Miss, up, Brian. Ole Miss and Mississippi State can't. 
right? Arkansas, okay. can they? Go ahead, John. Well, give me, give me the ones that can, John. List. Let me just go down my list, and then we. Can yeah, get on your list, uh, Brian's. Oklahoma. Brian's, uh, Brian's in the way, Jay, right now. Go ahead. Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A and M. Uh, it won a national title many, many moons ago, but I think it does have that kind of potential. It has the potential to do it. Alabama, of course, Georgia, of course, LSU, of course, uh, Tennessee. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, that's seven. And then uh, Auburn and Florida, that's nine programs. Nine out of the 16, I think, have the potential to win a national championship. Now, you're going to talk about the others. Do you think Kentucky can win one? No. Missouri, uh, no. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Brian no. mentioned them, Vanderbilt. Okay, and then you get into, there are a couple of, Arkansas, you know, may, I don't know. No. I, I wouldn't think so. No. But I would give it a better South chance Carolina. than the others I've mentioned. And South Carolina, no. based on history, there's no, there's not going to happen. But we're talking about, uh, I mean, I can remember when the SEC was a 10-team league, and now I'm talking about nine teams, nine programs, that I think could win a national championship. I mean, Oklahoma's been running the playoffs a lot recently. Yep. Texas has been down, uh, but it has a talented roster. A&M is showing that it can spend all that money. Can't win. Uh, Never will win. That's the one I'm gonna. That's the one I'm gonna refute you on, John. A&M can't win a national A&M? championship. Can't win a national championship. No history. Why do you? Th- why do you think that? No history. Never yes, done it. They could. The, but, they could? Well, they have Tom. all the resources, Tone. That's, we're if, not saying are they, will they? We're saying can they, do they pretend, have the potential to? And A&M certainly does. Well, well how about this, Matt? Popcorn and, and this flatulence. Strictly hypothetical. It's not going to happen, I don't think. But if Texas A&M hired Urban Meyer, would you say oh. it can't win the national championship? Well, that's, you know. Urban Meyer could win a national championship at Ole Miss. <laughs> I, I know, but, I mean, A&M is willing to spend what it takes to get a national championship caliber coach. I think LSU, I mean, LSU won with coaches who, <laughs> well, I, it, it requires no explanation, yeah. but Les Miles and Ed Orgeron, come on. Well, when you look at the, the LSU thing is blowing my mind right now, because I want to ask you, John, you're from down there. John Adams presented by Seniors Helping Seniors on a Thursday. John, they I saw a thing the other day where Angel Reese is making $1.2 million in NIL money. Now, I don't know know what that's about. I don't pretend to know what that's all about, and who cares? Uh, I think part of um, uh, Bob Huggins' punishment is he ought to have to spend a week with her and hang out and go down there and hang out with them, but that's just me. Moving along, tell me, uh, and by the way, he he also ought to have to go – to Sister Georgiana for his comments about the Catholic Church, which nobody talks about. For some reason, it's all it's all about uh, the other lobby that he spoke of, but it's not about the Catholic. He should have to go to those nuns, the Sisters of St. Joseph in Philadelphia, and get hit on the hands like I still have marks on the outside of my knuckles from where I used to get wrapped with a ruler because I couldn't quit laughing. Is he going to be a special guest at the KSR Matt Jones drag brunch, you think? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, moving along. I was thinking <laughs> since it's going to become a since it's going to become a two league deal. Okay. Now that we're getting ready to get in the playoff era, and 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 John, you're good at seeing the tippy top of things. You're good at seeing the future. How many teams in the big? I'll give you A and M. Okay, I'll give you seven teams out of our league. How no, many I've teams? Got it up to nine. Well, it's not nine. I'll give you well, seven. Well, you don't think Auburn can win a national what? championship? What are you doing? Hang on. Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, that's three. Bama's four. Georgia's five. I'll give you the nine. LSU, Tennessee, Auburn, Florida. Okay. Because eventually Florida's going to get out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania with the Amish coach, and they're going to go get, you know, somebody that doesn't cut his hair on on uh, on the one setting. Moving along here, um, let's go to the Big I Ten. I used two, actually. Go ahead. Let's go to the Big Ten. How many coaches or coaches? How many teams in the Big Ten can win the whole thing? Because it's getting ready to be a sport that's, if you think it's kind of, uh, it's going to be both wild and pretty predictable in the 12-team uh, uh, era, I'm afraid. Uh, because the NIL is going to make it so that it's pretty much about the same few teams. Then again, maybe not. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. From the Big Ten, John, how many teams there? Just look at their league, you and Matt and Brian, real quick. How many teams there are competing for a national championship out of that league? Uh, three. I, I mean, I think three team programs have the potential. Uh, Ohio State, obviously, Michigan, certainly, and Penn State's right there on the edge. It, it, it's on the cusp there. It hasn't hasn't quite crashed that championship party in the Big Ten, but I think it has the potential to do that. What about uh, Wisconsin and Luke Fickle with Luke Fickle there now? No, they can't win it. I mean, they can make the playoffs, but they can't win it all. How about USC, they guys? They don't have the talent base. USC, UCLA? Yes, both of those. Both oh. of those go when, when they join the league. I think you can add those to it. Yeah, I, I completely. And that would be that would be five. Ignored that. Yeah. Do you add UCLA, not, John, or are I'm they too cash poor? UCLA, though. Yeah, I think they're too cash poor. I think yeah. UCLA is uh, USC certainly, but why in all these years? Why hasn't UCLA done more in football? It's had a yep. lot of different coaches. Uh, the academic standards, standards there. Now you think the academic standards are high at Southern Cal? Of course they are for the average student. Uh, but I don't think UCLA makes enough exceptions uh, in terms of athletes and uh, curriculum. Uh, it's too long a track record of not winning a championship. Uh, I think certainly think Southern Cal is. I don't think UCLA will win a national title. And they are extremely cash poor. UCLA is. They are cash poor, which is, uh, people say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Trust me when I tell you, they've got dilapidated facilities. Sam Gilbert, who funded the whole, when it was illegal to do so, funded the whole John Wooden deal. And John Wooden looked the other way. John Wooden was uh, Colonel Clink. Out there for those of you that follow 70s uh, TV. No, he wasn't Colonel Clink. He was, uh, why am I forgetting his name, John, on uh, Hogan's Heroes? Who's the guy that saw nothing? Sergeant Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. I see nothing. John, uh, John Banner Wooden was, was a name. great coach. 
But he was uh, a great coach. A dynasty like that with just a really good coach. Uh, That's correct. You got to have was financed totally by Sam Gilbert, and That's and right. as you said, he looked the other way. Uh, he so. just kind of, you know, he looked the other way and sort of made the most of it. And why not? So eight six five two hundred five four zero two. So out of the two. Major leagues, we've got 11 teams that are playing for it. Tennessee's one of them. From the ACC. uh, 13 counting the USA, right? That's right. We have 13. Nine in the SEC and. uh, Nine and four. Not not your strong suit, obviously. Uh, Nine and four is 13. What about. There you go. What about under the 12 team format in the NIL era? How many teams in the ACC are competing for it? Got Clemson. Two. Let's name the two. teams. Florida Clemson. State Clemson. Anybody else, Matt? Uh, I, I think you could add Miami there just because the the recruiting base and, and a guy like Cristobal might be able to get it funded with form, from former players. All right. What about what's left of the Big Twelve? Who's competing for the national championship there? Anybody? Uh, well, based on their performance in the championship game, I guess you could say uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I would have said TCU before they played for the national championship. Uh, I think you could say one team, and it may vary from year to year, but I think it would be fair to say one program there has a chance to win, the, to com- at least, yeah, compete for a national championship. One program, and I don't know which one but I think two would be a stretch. Can you think so the, of anybody, Matt? If you had to pick one, who would you who would you pick? It's weird. Um, what a weird league, it, man. I don't – yeah, I don't know. I guess what it is, would be TCU, but, like, going into last year, I would have told you that TCU has no chance of winning a national title ever, and they played for it. Now, they obviously didn't win it, but – but they did beat they beat Michigan. Yeah, they so, they yeah Michigan played like a C minus game and TCU yeah, beat and TCU yeah. one out. Yeah. So I think I would probably say Baylor because I look at what Baylor's done. It you they'll know, do whatever, general. John. Hey, John, let's uh, call it what it is, and they'll do whatever to win too. At Baylor, you read them any rule, they'll break it. That's Team Laverne and Shirley right there down through the years. Well, not on, not under Dave Aranda, they won't. But. Well, Break rule? I guess I guess that's why I'm saying if what, you, you make put, it funny, if Baylor and TCU, okay, who else? What about well, what about this expanded Big Twelve? I'm sorry, but I can't even keep up with it. Who's going into that league? Cincinnati, Brian knows. Cincinnati, Houston, and, and Central Florida. Houston. In, in UCF, yeah, UCF, I think eventually could have the resources to to do that. BYU, and what about what about Houston and BYU, John? No, Houston, Houston certainly has the resources and to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Arizona Colorado ended up back in the Big Twelve. Let's talk about the Pac twelve. Yeah, neither of them could do it. See, this thing is going to be really, really something when you start putting this on paper. And you're thinking about, start thinking about who the Vols are facing to get into a playoff. It does not look as daunting as it did a couple years ago now that Tennessee has a real coach. See, that's why I wanted to do this. It does not look as daunting as it once did. In the Pac-12, John, who is a 
legitimate national title contender. I'll start with Oregon. Is there anybody else? Uh, Washington has had some good teams. Um, Utah? They've Utah. Been at the top of the Pac-12. Yeah. I, I would probably say Utah over Washington. That's a good good call, Brian. I, I would probably say, let's say, just for argument's sake, let's say Oregon and, and Utah. And, but I, I yeah. want to back back up to the Big 12. I mean, because I'm, I'm writing the numbers down here. Yeah. And so out of all those teams, I mean, do you think there's more than one team in the Big 12 that has national championship potential? No. And I think you're right. I think what happens in that league is what's happened with Oklahoma in recent years is somebody has to win that league, and that somebody is going to be in the playoff discussion. The issue they're going to face, and the issue Oklahoma would have faced in a lot of years is you would have gotten clipped in the first round. Uh, and that's what would have happened to Oklahoma in, in years past. I hate to tell the, yeah, the Oklahoma see, I, fans that. I think there's a, a big difference between making the playoffs and winning a national title. Yep. Like I, I, I mean, you could, yeah, I think, I think you could make the argument that if you get in the playoffs, in theory, you could win it. But I, I don't think that's actually true. And exactly. I just think the, the number of teams who could win a national title is extremely low compared to you know, potentially making the playoffs. Like I, I would add, you know, the, the South Carolina, Arkansas, and Mississippi schools could potentially make the playoffs one year with a great year, but like they're never going to win a national title. And I, I think there's a, a big distinction between the two that we need to make sure we make. Well, See, and I think that's yeah, a really interesting thought. I think that's a really interesting thought. But, but when I pick nine SEC teams, I pick championship potential, not just playoffs. I said nine SEC. Yeah, that's what I thought we were. That's what I thought yeah. we were yeah. doing. Okay. That's what I, we're I just doing. Don't want to switch back and forth between no, 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 winning no. a title that... or being a, a just make the playoffs. Okay, no, that's no. what we're doing. And so each year out of the Big Twelve, there's one team there, and you just pick it. It's a wild card team that would have a chance to win it because I'm not sure how many teams in a 12 team playoff that Big Twelve's getting in. Because if you look at it, they're a mess. And I'll tell you something else is going to happen with the Pac-12 which I've been following. So I've got a link up at the blog over at uh, tclub.team this morning in my link section where the, the, the Pac-12, their television deal, and let me tell you something. This thing's all about TV dollars. This thing's all about sustainability. This thing's all about having the brass ring to go for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But you've got to have some coal in your tender if you're going to get there, you've got to be able to get your engine going if you're going to get there. And it becomes a chicken or an egg deal. I don't know how many other uh, cliches I can speak in here, but I will tell you this. It looks like it looks like the Pac-12, John, thought they were going to do a deal with Apple or with one of these other streaming services that was going to be commensurate in dollars to what they were going to get from one of the big networks. They're now saying inside the industry that it looks like the Pac-12 could end up crawling back to ESPN and settling for XFL-type money. I mean, they're going to get a TV deal worth nothing at the end of the deal. And you know why? 
because their league without UCLA and without USC in it is worth what? Pretty much nothing. No offense to them. Not trying to rip well, them. If you're a West Coaster, not trying to rip you. But you can't strip those two teams from that league and then go pay us what you're paying the Big Ten. It ain't going to work that way. Or even the Big 12. It ain't going to work well, that way. Well, well, Tony, when you say that and when you bring in the – I hadn't really thought about TV, but you're exactly right. But when I go back and I look at these conferences and the numbers I've had, I, do we really think Utah can win a national championship? I think the Mormons have a lot of money. I think down through the years they've done whatever, no, wherever, however, to get players there. They're in a 12-team playoff regularly, I think. Yeah, they're pretty good. I think, yeah, but I don't think they could win a national t- championship. I don't think they're talented enough. Well, see, that's – yeah, I mean, I, just put I thought Oregon they in had there. a great opportunity to make the playoff this past season. I think you're right, they John. They couldn't beat Florida. They couldn't and they beat a 6 6 Florida team. They couldn't beat a mediocre Florida team. All right, so who else can win it? So right now, guys, and we this say, is why, you yeah. say Oregon, yeah, but what's Oregon ever done? I mean, it made a four-team playoff and it had some talent. Um, Johnny Boy I, I, Bryce had a great point yesterday in that I think it's something like a decade and a half. The SEC or eleven straight drafts. The SEC has had Brian. What was that number? It's had more draft picks taken than any two power leagues combined and in most years it's three or four power leagues combined the players taken out of the southeastern conference let me tell you something in the nil in the nil era that ain't stopping that is not stopping if you look at the way tennessee is recruiting right now defensively and they're offensive uh, minded here this guy's an offensive minded it's off the charts it's off the charts. And so the question becomes, uh, you look at the league, John says, and I'll, I'll acquiesce to him. He's been in these parts longer than me. When you add Oklahoma and Texas, it's nine. In the Big Ten, for, for the sake of my brother, who I'm going to see this weekend, we're going to add four from the Big Ten, so that's 13. The ACC generously has three that can win a national championship. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, that's 16. The Big 12 has one team, take a wild card, like TCU. Sure, TCU could have won the net till they stuck on the field with Georgia last year. Till they stepped on the field with Georgia. Well, and see, Tony, there's always going to be a Georgia out there. It might not be Georgia, but it might be Alabama. Uh, it what might league, be Ohio State. What but league are the, we forgetting? The, Who are we forgetting here? Because we only have 16 teams. Surely there's got to be more than that, right, that can win a national championship each year? Well, not really. I mean, Notre Dame, that's 17. Notre what Dame about, can win what about What about Virginia Tech? Are we forgetting Virginia Tech? No. No, you can't. You have to have, a, you have, to have that baseline talent to win it, and they just don't. So... So let's put Notre Dame in there, and that gives us seven teams. Yeah, I, yeah you put Notre Dame in there, but I, I mean, I, I think that's the correct thing to do. But you could also argue that that's why Brian Kelly left there because he didn't think he could win a national title. But I, well, I would, I would, I would put them on the list, even though I think Brian Kelly might be right. I think he might be too, but uh, they just have the. I think it's safe to say they yeah, have the potential. Yeah, they have the, yeah, yeah. But for but sure, see these. We're really. Do you really think uh, – let's go back to the Big 12. 
the more I think about it, I don't think there's a team from the Big 12 that has the potential to win a national title. Uh, to Matt's point, it's not going to have that overall talent base to do it. It can have good teams, and it can make the playoffs. And I thought TCU was a pretty good team last year. I watched it quite a few times. I thought it was a, a really good team and underrated early in the year. But when it came down to it, against it, and not everybody's going to be as good as that Georgia team, but let's face it, the SEC often produces a team of that caliber. It was LSU in 19, Alabama in 20. It's been Georgia the last two years. TCU would have been overwhelmed by by all those teams. And uh, Tennessee so, should make a playoff how many years, guys? You said three out of five, John. Was that your answer or Matt Dixon's answer? Tennessee? Yeah, should make a playoff. I said, I said two out of five. But, what, right. but let me just finish this thing. So right. what I'm saying is I would take Oregon or Utah as a potential one of those teams. So what I'm saying, there are about eight, 18 teams with the potential to win a national title, 18, and half of them are in the SEC. I don't think I'm being provincial here. I think that's just what the numbers show. Uh, Oklahoma guys in this league should make a playoff. I asked Barry Trammell that, John. What do you think Barry Trammell told me that Oklahoma would make a – and, Brian, you correct me if I'm wrong – uh, Oklahoma, he thinks, would make the 12-team playoff out of the SEC. John, what do you think? And you know, Barry, what do you think his answer was, John? Every year. Four or five years. John, do you think that's realistic? Because I'm going to tell you something. It ain't happening in this league. They're going to realize. Not in this league, no. Not in this league. They're getting ready. They're in for a Rick Rude awakening. That's what they're in for, a Rick Rude awakening. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I do think that Oklahoma will do what it takes to win national championships. It always has. However, when was the last time it won one? When Josh, Josh Heifel uh, was a quarterback. 2000. 23 years ago. Is that right? Think about it. And it had a good coach in Bob Stoops. They've, played, uh, they've been in the playoffs a bunch. Yeah, but it doesn't win. And see, and if you go back, look what happened. It had to play LSU. It had to play Florida. I covered those games. I mean, the Florida-Oklahoma game was a great game. Oklahoma had Sam Bradford at quarterback, a lot of talent. But it didn't have have Tim Tebow, and it didn't have as much defensive talent as Florida did. And again, you go back and look at the 06 and 08 Florida teams. One dominated Ohio State. One beat Oklahoma in a great game. So to win a national championship, you got to have that kind of team. And most of those kind of teams are in the SEC. They're, they're not anywhere else. Uh, Southern Cal should be that kind of team. But I just don't think it has go back to last year when it lost to Utah. It lacks, uh, for lack of a better term, mental toughness. It just doesn't have that mindset uh, to win a national title right now. I'm preparing me and I'm preparing you at 865-200-5402 for the 12-team playoff uh, era that's right around the corner. 
And then this upcoming season, if I put the number at nine and a half as Las Vegas did uh, in the initial offering, what would you say Tennessee going to go over that number or under that number? Over that number or under that number at nine and a half? I'm going to force you to bet it. We're going to do that. It's all up ahead as we head toward hour number two. John Adams is in the house, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. Matt Dixon with a world debut, a world premiere of his latest TLD Logistics Short Porch with Matt Dixon. In this one, he even adds an addendum uh, celebrating the fact that Drew Gilbert, and we put some center field under it while he's talking about him, uh, that Drew Gilbert is, in fact, on his way to double-A. Next stop, the majors. The majors. As we continue with more after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Keep twisted, ball fans, as we welcome you back, 865-200-5402. As I welcome you, you, and you, and you, and you, and you back with us. Uh Let's, without further ado, go back to our busy, busy, busy phones. I, I do want to say that the sport as we know it's get ready to change. And, John, your answer to Oklahoma was they should make the um, they should make the college football playoff how many? What, what, would, what would a fair expectation be for them? Uh, maybe uh, two and five. I think you could say that for a lot of programs. In the SEC, maybe three and five. Yeah, I think Tennessee's is two and five. Auburn's is two and five. Uh, I'll have to wait on that, but I, it has the potential. But you look at its history, it's been so up and down. The thing about Auburn, when you look at its history, when it's good, it's really, really good. So you could look at Auburn and say, well, I don't know if it can make the playoffs. But when it does have a playoff caliber team, it has a championship caliber team. Uh, look at its history. I mean, the 04 team, uh, unfortunately, didn't get to play for a national championship, but that team was unbeaten, and I think it could have slugged it out with Southern Cal in championship game and been a very competitive game. The roster was loaded with future NFL players at Auburn team, and it won in 2000. It won in 2010 when it had Cam Newton. So that was a very talented team. It wasn't just Cam. So yeah, I, I don't. I would say it would make the playoff maybe uh, once out of five, but that one team might win the championship. <laughs> yeah, that's who they've always been. They uh-huh. they load it up and they go for it. And the one thing we know about um, Auburn is that they'll do whatever, whenever, to whomever, to win that championship. <laughs> they they will do business with whomever it takes. They will run over whatever, wherever. They will look the way, look the other way 
on whatever, wherever, however, and whomever to get to where they're going. There is uh, little doubt that down through the years they've proven themselves to be that program, those people. Let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. If you want to join us. Uh, this is your Tony Basilio show. All lines are currently jammed, and we're just we're looking at the lay of the land because the next step, the next thing that's going to fall here, is that you're about to see the SEC is going to meet. Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the meetings. They're going to decide on this pod system, and then from there, a lot of this is going to come into view because if they're smart, what they do is they take the Arkansas, they take the A and M. They take the Texas and the Texas A&M, and they put them together in their own pod. Put the old Southwest Conference back together. And but let do we those, think they're going to yeah. do a pod, Tony? I thought they are going to just have one team league. What do you mean one team league? Well, I mean just one league. I'm sorry. Just have one 16-team league. They no, I mean, I mean, yeah, for conference scheduling, John. Group those teams oh, okay. together, okay. so they all play okay. each other. I guess is my point. Uh, yeah. Every okay. year, those two team, those four teams, play each other. What's going to be really interesting is who Tennessee's four will end up being. Uh, I keep hearing that there's a move afoot to group Tennessee with Vanderbilt, Alabama, South Carolina, whereas Tennessee should be grouped together with, in my mind, Vanderbilt, Alabama. Kentucky, it's my opinion. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. If the over-under win total is 9.5 this year, what, where are the Vols in the 9.5 this upcoming season? John, you did your deal the other day where you said only two teams are favored against them. The win total is nine and a half. Watch the keys are on the floor. Hey, Lulu. How you doing, sweetie? The win total. Oh, you smell minty fresh, little girl. She just got a bath. The win total is nine and a half. Uh, John, where are you on that? Well, I, I still think, I mean, 10 and 2 uh, for Tennessee, that uh, even if it doesn't lose to the teams it uh, un- would be an underdog against, then it would probably slip up somewhere else. So I think... So I guess I would take the over on that. But I think that's a really good line because I think you can look at, okay, those two teams, Alabama and Georgia, would be favored. And then you look at, I think Texas A&M is going to be a tough game. And uh, so that could be the deciding line. If you beat Texas A&M, uh, then you got a good shot at the uh, 10. I think he'll be a, I think he'll be a narrow favorite over Texas A&M. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. I've really put a lot of pressure and a lot of heat on John Adams today, really come to him. I made him earn his vittles, so to speak. Let's go back to the phones, and we'll get our next call in on a day where we are breaking down the sport of Kings, college football, and we're doing it scientifically. If you could beam somebody out of, out of outer space, and they heard us talking and how convoluted college football is and how confusing it is and how you have these overlapping themes and a four-team turning into a 12-team and the sport reinventing itself, and then all of a sudden you're paying players. And, you know, is there somebody we're missing that's going to become a major player through this era that, you know, maybe we're not 
it's going to spend every dollar under the sun. Let's go back to the phones. And we get Rusty in here. Rusty, hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hello to our caller. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Tony. Thanks so Yo. much, buddy. Yo. Love this conversation. I, uh, um, I, I've been writing this down as y'all been talking about it. So the majority of the years, we're going to get one team from the Pac-12, the champ. We're going to get one team from the Big 12, the champ. We're going to get one team from the ACC, the champ. And we're going to get some group of five, little school probably most years. So that's four teams that are going to get in the playoffs. And that's going to leave eight spots for the SEC and the Big Ten. And most years, I think you're going to get three guaranteed from the Big Ten, and most years you're going to get five from the SEC. John, do you find that to be an accurate description by Rusty, that most years uh, it's going to be eight spots fought for by the two big leagues? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think, uh, you know, the ACC will – I'll have a couple of teams in that conversation, but I, I really think you'll have. Uh, I think I would say just on average you would have at least four teams in a in a twelve team playoff, uh, and, and I think I mean I think that's almost a certainty. I think with the Big Ten, I wouldn't say three teams is a certainty. I would say two teams is a certainty. Uh, what remains to be seen about that third team, but yeah, we put three teams in there as a as national championship potential, including Penn State. So, yeah, that's fair. But this is going to be uh, an SEC dominated playoff. There's just no way around it when you include strength of schedule. So, Rusty, yeah. under that format, let me make sure I understand this now. What you're saying is you've got 12 to begin with, and I want people yep. to do the math here along with us. The ACC is going to get one. The Big 12 yep. is going to get one. The Pac-12 yep. is going to get one. Notre yep. Dame is probably going to be considered in that, and they're probably going to make it most years. So that's four, which yep. leaves eight. I mean, that really does leave. Unless we're mi- – are we missing a conference, Brian? Nope. Brian, are we missing a big league? Does the Big East count? Does the uh, – anybody else – oh, you know what? I think it's seven because don't don't you have to include one of the jabroni leagues, the Eric Waddell jabroni leagues? I think they have to. Yeah, they have to get a certain number. Oh, okay. Well, then let's just say it's eight. Then that's that's exactly right. More than likely, it's either more than likely it'll it'll either be it'll either be a jabroni league team or it'll be Notre Dame. One of those two will get in in one wall because some years Notre Dame won't. I think more. I think more and more apt description is the Eric Waddell Jabroni hey, Eric Waddell. Brian, would you agree with that? The Eric Waddell Jabroni Leagues. The only thing is, Eric Waddell's team is now in a Power Five conference. I know, but That's he's right. a lover of those Jabroni Leagues. Right. He loves the Jabroni Leagues. He's got a soft heart for the Jabroni Leagues. Yeah, but he might not care about him now. Oh no, hey. not Eric. Eric has a big heart. Oh, okay. an- another thing, Tony. Nobody from the Pac-12 has a chance to win. So you're gonna have to win. You're gonna have to win a minimum of three games to win a national title under this. Most, most, a lot of teams are gonna have to win four because you're, the, the unless you're getting a bye, you gotta win three ball games. Nobody from the Pac-12 is gonna win three games in the playoff. Nobody from the Big 12 is gonna win three games in the playoff. Hey, don't forget about Coach Prime. He's shopping at Vuitton now for players. <laughs> that game's gonna that team's gonna win two games this year. It's gonna be so much fun to watch. 
He ran off like 80 guys. I mean, what's he think this is? And, you know, I was talking with somebody at Tennessee, and they were telling me. He was telling me. They were telling me the portal in the spring is brutal. The players that are left right now are brutal in the portal. I don't know what he guy was thinking. It's going to be hilarious watching them this year. I think Dixie just said it. They're not going to have a 2D. They're, so I mean, great! They're gonna have, I love they're, gonna have, they're gonna have a bunch of, of walk ons in there too, but anyway, Deion's there's no way Deion Oregon Sanders. I'm for Deion we, Sanders. Rusty, when you tell those people on the West Coast, and I know you interact with them, and I know you're obnoxious, so no offense. Told, I'm a total arrogant. What, oh, you're yeah. you you are rhymes with Rick. When you yep, I, are, no offense to you. When you uh, have, right and though. I wouldn't say that to your face because your arms are as big as my legs. But that said. Okay. When you're talking to those people, do they realize what's getting ready to happen to college football and how marginalized they're getting ready to be? Rusty, they're not even going to have a national TV deal. They're getting ready to get crumbs from me. Yes, they don't care. They don't care. They don't don't care. It's pointless to talk to them about. They don't care. The only thing that's cared about is USC, and it's such a small niche of people out here that actually even care about SC. Like one out of 100 people care about SC out here. Maybe. Maybe. So – there's no conversations to be had, really. Yeah, Lane Kiffin told me that. He said, I walk down the street here and nobody even bothers me. They're too busy oh. looking for the Hollywood movie stars. Whereas in Knoxville, he was a Hollywood movie star. He said, down. He told me, John, he said, I- I'll be walking on the street here and nobody even looks at you. They don't even know who you are. Oh, I, I guarantee you, Lincoln Riley can, can, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley can come out of his mansion and come walk down the middle of the strand on the beach. And not a single person is going to blink an eye or have a clue who he is. Except yeah. to say, who's that scrawny-looking dude? And why is he strutting yeah, with, around like a with, peacock out here? With bird legs. Now, now Sean McVay would get noticed probably, but but no chance Lincoln Riley does. Well, Sean um, McVay would get noticed because they would say, who's that young Pat Sajak-looking fella? <laughs> that, who looks that, like he's on steroids. That's, that's fine. They would... Uh, they would the notice the car shirt. Lincoln Riley's driving. In a yeah, they would notice his car because I think he bought Butch Jones's old car with the wings. The, I like the coaches, John, that have to be so ostentatious that mm-hmm. they drive the $150,000 car that has the wings. Remember when Butch Jones had the car that opened uh, up on with the wings like he was driving? Like a DeLorean? Like a DeLorean, Brian. Thank you. That's very – I was thinking of John DeLorean. I couldn't pull it. Great, Brian. Lincoln would love to travel back in time to the, you know, back to the seventies when SD actually mattered. Interesting. <laughs> Rusty, how Y'all often should the Vols under the twelve-team format? Oh, okay. How often should and, they make a playoff? In your humble opinion. If I mean, I, I, I truly believe that, that the Big Ten is going to get three most years, and the SEC is going to get five most years. Now, some years it might be four for the SEC, but I think it's going to be five most of the time. I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee should be. Every other year, like Bronny said, I think um, LSU should be every other year. I think Texas and Oklahoma should be every other year. And you're going to have, like, Bama and and Georgia probably every year. I mean, 12 is not going to be that hard when you're getting five. You're just finishing top five in the SEC every other year is not going to be out of the realm for Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, um, LSU. Those teams should be every other year. And, and I think there's a great point to be made, too, that 
there's only nine that could win a national championship, and Auburn would only be every now and then if they got things lined up like they have over the years, like you guys were saying. But I do believe that occasionally Mississippi, Mississippi State, and Kentucky could sneak into a playoff. Well, you know, uh, I mean, Rusty, well, listen, I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. He brings up a great point, John, which is there's only so much oil in the ground. These teams in this league are going to be beating the living you-know-what out of each other to try and climb into one of those four or five spots. Uh, yeah, and, and, totally. and they're going to be clobbering each other. I mean, they're going to be running up the score on each other. I mean, you sure. think this thing's going to turn into a blood sport when it becomes a four or five team deal, isn't it? Well, it's pretty much close to that anyway, Tony. I mean, but but I think when you when you look at it, you know how it is with any playoff or with the NCAA tournament or anything. It's always about which team gets left out. And let's say Rusty's Rusty's right, and you got five SEC teams in the playoff. Uh, that team is probably going to be in a position where he could say, well, "Why weren't we picked? We're better than the fifth team." And uh, I think right. that could, I think that could be interesting. The other thing I wonder about this is, will there be uh, an anti-SEC backlash? Will the people selecting these teams look at the SEC and say, okay, we know it's the best league, but do we really want almost half our teams from that league? I think there's going to be pressure to maybe shortchange the SEC uh, each year. And maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm just thinking negatively. But, yeah, it's supposed to be a national playoff, and that's what – that's what the other conferences and schools will say, that you're putting too much weight on the SEC. Now, I don't agree with that because the SEC has long been the best conference, won seven straight national titles. It's on a three-conference. It's on a three-year uh, streak of national championships right now. But I think if you look at it and you do it the right way and you evaluate strength of schedule, then – then Rusty's probably not wrong. You can you'll have five, certainly four teams from the SEC in a twelve-team playoff. But what's the reaction going to be to that? And again, uh, and I'm not making this all about the NFL because it's not. It's college football. I think people that people that watch the college game and talk about what this guy's going to do on Sundays make me want to vomit <laughs> on Middlebrook Pike. Linda Blair style in rush hour traffic and take my chances. Now, that said, uh, the argument I will always make, and I do it anytime I go back to Pennsylvania, is we literally had twice as many draft picks as your league. Maybe three times as many. So you can get you some of that. When you're throwing that in my face, and look, I'm not an, I'm not an SEC uh, one of these people that, you know, raise, raises my finger in the air and waves them like, I just don't care. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. But, John, when you talk to your, down through the years, your columnist buddies, and then we'll go back to the phones. When you talk to your columnist buddies, John, is there an anti-SEC bias out there among the depressed? Um. It's hard to say amongst the media. I didn't, I don't, when I used to travel a lot and I'd be around these columnists from all over the country, 
I think everybody realized the SEC was the preeminent league. Uh, I think, though, maybe if you had another team from another conference that was really good, and you would, some of those writers might like to see, let's see what it can do in the playoff. I go back to, I mentioned it earlier, but let's go back to, to the 2004 season. Oklahoma play, and Southern Cal played for the national championship. Both were unbeaten. Uh, I think, um, I think Oklahoma scored first and then Southern Cal reeled off about 50 straight points. Total mismatch. Auburn left out. Uh, Auburn was just as good as that Southern Cal team. I thought as good as that team was with Reggie Bush and all those guys, Auburn had three NFL running backs on it, on its team. Um, just for an example, uh, I kind of think there was SEC, there might have been some anti, uh, SEC, uh, thinking going on then. Um, I don't think Auburn got enough credit for winning games by two touchdowns against other SEC teams when Oklahoma was pummeling someone in the Big 12, 60 to 13. And I thought if Tommy Tuberville, I think if Tommy Tuberville had it to do over again, he would have, he would have scored more points. When he got a game in hand, got it in hand. He didn't worry about the final score. I think he probably had it to do over again. He would have worried about the final score and beaten uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt. And that's what's going to happen. Yep. Or and that's whoever. And you can see it coming. You can see it coming from a mile away, which is why I was talking about this. Teams in this league, when they get it, when they Vanderbilt better get ready for this. I hate to tell my friends in Nashville this. Y'all are getting ready to take some season beatings. Okay. Well, at the hands of some, like like Rick Barnes, like Rick Barnes in the non-league, the way they scheme the numbers, and they do scheme the numbers. They schedule those non-league hoopties, and they beat them by a thousand points, which is they've got it totally figured out. Which is why, and people say, well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. That's why they do what they do. That's why you're not playing your uh, reserves late in games. They're pounding people because they know at the end of the year they want to look as good. It's all going to depend on, Matt, that'll be really interesting, and then we'll go to the phones. It'll be really interesting, Matt, how they structure uh, the criteria for the playoffs. If they bake in their margin of victory or anything like that, Matt, you're going to see some walloping scores in this deal. You'll see you'll see teams touch 80 and 90 if they do that, if you give them the uh, incentive to do that. What about us? They, I mean, they'll they'll say things like that. They'll have their criteria, but then when it when it doesn't fit what they want TV wise, they go against it and, and find ways to justify it. They, I mean, they do that every year with with teams and in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, I'm not sure that'll be a huge factor, but I mean, you do want to impress teams, but of course. What was it, the Missouri game that Tennessee got criticized for, for Milton throwing touchdowns late? I mean, you're, there's always going to be somebody crying about something. Yep, but if it's baked into the criteria, and we all understand that's how it's going to go, kind of like in hoops, and you keep scoring, and you keep your first team out there, imagine incentivizing John, John uh, Josh Heupel, incentivizing him to put it on somebody. 
There's no telling well, how many points it, Tennessee could score on somebody if they really wanted to. I, I know that. Um, but I think it the thing about the committee, it's not like that. Remember with the BCS when it had all those complex formulas that were uh, cooked into the uh, determination of a champ, the championship teams? I mean, it was craziness in the computers and all that stuff. Uh, I don't think I think the committee. I don't think it has any set criteria. It earns. Um, I think Matt's right. Not yet. I, not yet. I, well, but I, I don't think it will. I think it wants to be able to just say, okay, we're going to pick it. We're going to we're going to look at all the facts. We'll look at all the stats. We'll look at strength of schedule. We'll look oh at, no, they can't do that. They've got to put us. If you're going to have a 12 team playoff, you've got to have they criteria, they did don't it you? With Tennessee and Alabama this past year. They did. But don't they you have to have criteria? Tennessee was better than in all that criteria, and they still picked Bama. In a four-team deal, though, you can probably get away with that. In a twelve-team deal, I think it's a, well, I don't know. Let's get a HV. Uh, let's get HVR in here, not to be confused with HVL. HVL is going to LSU, where they paid her over six figures. Which John Adams, I don't understand that. They, the women's basketball team at LSU's got a higher payroll than the men's basketball team at Tennessee. <laughs> Meanwhile, HVR, who's your Val Ryan, is up next with us. HVR, welcome in. Hey, what's going on, Tone? Hey, buddy. Uh, so, I'm sorry, I've kind of lost track of the questions. In, in the next five years, I think the Vols should make a 12-team playoff at least twice. I'll go three times if we get, I think we're in on about four very elite pass rushers and corners that are committing in the next three or four months. If we get a few of those guys, I'd go as high as three because those are game-changing positions. Um, in terms of over/under, I would I would go nine on uh, Tennessee's win total. So nine is you'd go under. You'd go under the nine and a half. The slightly under. Now I, I hate to keep bringing this up, and this is so Tennessee balls. What we're doing, we beat a team once in like a decade, and we're so certain we're going to kill them this upcoming year but Florida. And we talked about this last week with the three of us, you, myself, John, and everyone online there. Did you all see Florida's over-under? It was 5.5. It was very close to what we did in that overtime when we went through their schedule. Is that not unbelievable when you think about it? Vegas has made – you telling me that that initial offering from DraftKings was 5.5? According to Saturday Down South when I read – for all the teams to put that in perspective their baseline they think tennessee is four games better than florida at a baseline and florida is closer to vanderbilt at 3.5 than they are at tennessee now if i would have told you yeah. three years if i would have told you three years ago when pruitt the writing was on the wall and that florida gators team came in and slept walked and could have beat us by 100 points if I would have told you that, in a billion years, would you have ever believed me? No, but if I would have told you that uh, Dan Mullen was a weirdo who did not like that, recruiting yeah. at all, not at all, John, is that not proof of what Dan Mullen did to their program? I mean, I hate to put it on him, but when you talk about a five-and-a-half win total, that's, that's simply that Sunbelt Billy has inherited a mess, isn't it, John? Well, in a way, but I, I still think. I mean, if, from a top if five I, quarterback. Uh, 
I'm, well, I'm looking at that. If if tomorrow I were hiring a coach, and my cat my choices were he's a Billy Napier, Dan Mullen, I would take Dan Mullen. He can't recruit, John. He didn't recruit. He's a weirdo. He didn't recruit. Look at his team. Well, what you have to do is you have to build a support staff that can recruit. But he and didn't. He, John, their win total's five and a half. He did not recruit. It's come out of the wash here. Well, yeah, when we were going through it, one could say, oh, that's just Vols fans being Vols fans. No, a neutral, detached, all-about-the-money Vegas was saying we're pretty much on. Now, Watts does kill us in the swamp, but it's, I hate to keep bringing it up. I can't believe Florida is in this position, and it kind of gets into what we're talking about because I don't think they're going to stay in this position long. If they give Sunbelt, if this happens, and they give Sunbelt Billy four years, that would indicate to me they don't care that much anymore. And I just don't think they're there. They're surely not going to let this keep happening down there. John, will they run him if they only win, if Vegas is right, and they win like five and a half games? or five? Let's say they go five and seven. Does he get run this year, John? Uh, if uh, Jeremy Foley were the AD, I would say yes. Uh, Jeremy Foley, one one thing about him when he was AD, if he made a mistake on a hire, he he wasted little time in correcting it. Uh, and and maybe, I, okay, let's give Billy Napier the benefit of the doubt. You talk about Dan Mullen not recruiting. Billy Napier's recruiting pretty well. Uh, so he's headed toward a top ten class. Uh, so maybe long term, maybe he's the. But but I don't think he is. I don't think he. I didn't think that was a great hire, even if he's a pretty good coach. It's not. It doesn't fit the Florida image and what Florida fans are accustomed to seeing. They won with Steve Spurrier, a high flying offense, fun and gun, all that good stuff. They were exciting. They didn't just win. Uh, Florida should want a Josh Heupel. That that should be its coaching goal, Josh Heupel. You don't just win; you ring up a lot of imagine, points. Imagine, I mean, imagine being a Florida fan and calling into Steve Russell. I can watch talking Florida. Imagine calling into Steve Russell and saying, "You know what? Our coach was right down there in Orlando for all those years, and we didn't go get him. <laughs> and now look at him. It's uh-huh. almost like saying it's almost like back in the day when people used to say, "Imagine our coach was up there in Johnson City." was raised in Johnson City, and we didn't go get him, and he just beat Fulmer's brains in the whole time back in the 90s. It's the same kind of thing, John, because that's what's getting ready to come their way. Who was the uh, coach that uh, of Tennessee that recruited Spurrier and told him he was going to play uh, wide receiver or defensive back? Bowden Wyatt. Because it's, it's his fault. <laughs> the butterfly effect, if we could go back and say, Steve, you're coming, you're going under center, and you, we'll throw it 50 times a game. Who knows what could have happened. Boy, he would. Steve Spurry would fit nicely in Josh Heupel's offense, wouldn't he? Oh. as as accurate as he was and quick oh. on decision making. Oh my oh. gosh! I bet Spurrier runner, could throw. I bet Spurrier could throw three touchdowns against Austin P. in the second game of the season this year in Heupel's offense. I'm halfway joking, but we're getting a little silly now. I, I but, don't know. Hey guys, Spurrier remains in great shape. Uh, he remains in great shape. <laughs> his knees, his well, yeah. knees and back aren't in great shape, though. Uh, but I, I think that's a real uh, 
Florida is the outlier here. And yep. when agree. you look at Florida's history, I mean, we think when you think Florida football, you think Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. I mean, why wouldn't Florida, if Billy Napier has another bad year, why wouldn't Florida consider doing everything it can to get Urban Meyer back? He's a guaranteed winner. Good point. He's probably, I mean, well, and, he probably has so many secrets down there. Probably thinking about uh, Aaron Hernandez and his string of victims. I mean, who knows? But uh, yeah, but I mean, I on. shouldn't say that out loud. That's a terrible thing to say. But I don't think Aaron. I, I don't think uh, Urban Meyer knew that Aaron Hernandez was a mass murderer. Uh, if and, he did, he would have covered it. A up. lot of good teams have. A, I mean, Tennessee did when it was really good in the nineties. Had a lot of off-the-field incidents, a lot of arrests. But, I mean, when you look at Urban Meyer, his I, I don't know why he's considered unhireable now. He's for a, a stone-cold criminal. What's he actually done? Did you not see that woman dancing she with him? worse than Hugh Freeze? <laughs> Let's hey, not I'm, give him any ideas, guys. Rusty, thank, Rusty, thank you. I mean, not Rusty. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Ryan. H, uh, well, what is he? Uh, hang on, hang on. Who's your Vol, Ryan? HVR. Uh-huh. Thank you. How about uh, your gal, Kim Mulkey? Is she done yet, John, or is she going to sign like LeBron James in the offseason, or are we done? Do, do they have enough? Is this overkill now at LSU? Uh, some, somebody asked her, said, you've got all these strong personalities. Can you handle them? And she said, do you know who I am? Uh, she was that kind of player. So these are the kind of players she recruits. She's not worried about that. But see, that there's an example of a coach in a different sport who can raise money, who can go to a booster. That's what this and, is about. And, and convince them to pay and invest in her program and believe in her program Hey, I gave you a national championship in two years. What do you think I'll do in the next five years if you give me the players? If you give me the players, I'll win. Just check the record. Well, it works the same way in football. I mean, if you have a coach, yep. and, and Josh Heupel, uh personality-wise, nothing like Mulkey, but doing he it, has though. the same kind of credibility. That's right. He has a credibility. You can You can look at what he's done. It's very similar, really. He took over a program. Just, I mean, how many programs were as bad off as Tennessee? We forget now. It wasn't just that it was three and seven. It lost about ten of its best players. And Ryan it lost brings some up a great point. In there. Twenty-four months ago, the caller Florida was calling us every day, and the Florida fans were laughing at us. And now nobody's laughing. In two years, he did it in, in two years. Two years. And, and in the, see two the really, years. And so, what kind of think of the credibility that builds up with people who want to invest in money in this program? They all all they have to do is look at it. Okay. And I'll tell this, you this. Uh, this. I'll tell you much, this, John. Yeah. Uh, Behind the scenes, he's a cultivator too, of the money people. Whereas Barnes isn't. Barnes Barnes cultivates a couple of them. But the couple that he's really close to aren't really into the NIL thing. I'm just giving you a little inside baseball. Heupel knows the guys that are spending money on it, and he's cultivating those people. 
and he is a sharp cookie. I'm telling you, this guy's a sharp cookie now. We're well, going to come back on the other that's side. How yeah. you, that's yeah. how you're going to win. I mean, he can't. He could. Uh, he couldn't be a sharp cookie, and he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't sway boosters if he just went three and seven. He's got to win. He's got to show him what he can do, and he's done that. So now he has credibility. And if somebody he comes to them and they're like, "Wow, I yeah, I'll I'll buy into this. I'll invest in this. Just look at it like it's a stock exchange. Would you invest in this product? Why wouldn't you invest in this product? It's going up, up, up. It's gone from three and seven to eleven and two, and the top ten. Two years with really a really uh, undermanned roster talent wise." And building really on what John's been. saying about, just talking about, Tennessee's recruiting continues to point northward. They continue to roll. And the question becomes now for you, when the playoff hits in 2024, in a five-year span, and this coach is going to be on it, on the job for all five of those years, how many times, unless the bottom falls out, which it's not, how many times, because he's too gifted and he's too smart, how many times, and there's too much money in it, how much time? How many times should they be in the college football playoff? Let your mind wander. Presented by our friends John Adams as seniors helping seniors. As we come back, if you want to join, the number is eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you're enjoying the program through the magic of Twitter Spaces today, raise your hand if you'd like to participate in anything that we've discussed. It's really interesting when you throw it out there on paper the way we did in the first hour in terms of who really are the contenders for the national championship. And then the next step is who's really a contender for the playoff. Uh, Most years, those leagues in the Midwest and out West are going to get one team. Most years. Most years. This league's going to probably get five teams a year. That's That's true. How many times should Tennessee be among and be in that number? In that number. Take a brief time out. More right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow 
isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Fast-paced health provides easy access to quality care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and Main Street parades. 
Your community is our community, and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable health care. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast Pace Health. Reserve your spot in line today. Fast Pace Health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you and the fam. 865-200-5402 is the number. 20 to play. Let's go back to the phones. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. An incredible, and I mean an incredible, incredible organization. Uh, an incredible life-giving organization. I make no mistake about it. Let's go back to the phones, and we'll get our next call in. And we're blessed to have John Adams with us today on a beautiful Thursday. W. Lynn, welcome in. Hi, my friends, compatriots, doing today. W. Lynn, I'm a compatriot and a friend, and I say to you, I'm doing great. Thank you. I, w- I would like to clear up some of the playoff con- confusion. Uh, we help have John. Remember, He's very confused. John's confused. We ha- we have we take the six champions, top six champions. So that means a jabroni champion is automatically in every year. So top six champions. Tulane bumped out ten and two Washington, who was ranked twelve last year so being in the top 12 doesn't get you in if eight and four purdue had upset michigan last year they're in and michigan becomes at large uh if eight and four north carolina beats clemson who's say 11 and one next year north carolina's in clemson's an at large so so you're telling me they're tying this to these championship games Yes, the winner of the championship game gets the top six conferences, which means Power Five plus one jabroni. The top six champions of the conference championship games get an automatic bid. Matt Dixon, were you aware of that? Uh, yes, and, and only conference champions can get the, the first round buy as well as the top four. That's the top, the top four, four, four of those six get the buy. The top four champions of the six get the buy. So if you want to be safe like we were last year, say you better be in that top eight going into those championship games because if there's upsets, there's another bid gone. See what I'm saying? So most years, W. Lynn, how many many spots are we talking about that are in at-large? Because right now we're dealing with a reality that we're getting five in annually. Are you buying that or selling well, that? No, but last year we only got three in. The year before, if you had a 12-team playoff, we'd have got four counting Oklahoma. So there's only six at-large bids. There's six winners of championship games and six at-large bids. Yeah, WLN, that's why I said four from the SEC uh, in most years, because you're going to take the champion and then – uh, the champions from the other conferences, and there's still room for three more SEC at large teams. That's correct. Like, you know, with Oklahoma. But I, what I'm telling people is don't just think you got to finish in the top 12. Washington got bumped by Tulane at 10 and 2. 
if we went 10 and 2 in the SEC and our two losses were to Vanderbilt and Kentucky and we got left out, uh, they would have to probably call the National Guard in to Knoxville. You still have the two major leagues. Order. You still have the two major leagues fighting over eight spots. If you lose when to you, Vanderbilt, you probably don't deserve it. But but spot. but W. Lynn, you're still but with the same math here because the two major leagues are still going to fight over eight spots because two of those are taken by championship game winners. That's right. And then there's going to be six spots left, and they're still going to fight over those six spots because most of those other leagues, W. Lynn. Purdue or was one not bit even leads. in the top 25 in the last BS, uh, college football playoff poll. What if they won the Big Ten? They weren't even ranked. But yes, you're right. I think it's safe to say those two conferences combined will have six to eight. But I'm telling you, if you're a wild card, if you're not in the championship game, that final poll, you need to be where we were last year, like up there in the top eight. To be safe. Well, I uh, think once the yeah. SEC expands to 16 teams, I don't think it's uh, far-fetched to think the SEC could have four teams in the top eight. Again, if you do strength of strength. Yeah. But, you know, LSU played in our championship game last year, and they were 17th going into that game. So that's the beat each other thing going on, too. If we start beating each other up, uh, three or four lost team. Yeah, we're in the big bad SEC, but you might get ranked like fifteenth in that final poll. But CW Lynn, that's why I'm stressing that if this is done the correct way, I think the NCA tournament, the N six selection committee, does a really good job of of factoring in strength of schedule. They uh, do. They do. Everybody in the sport will. emphasizes that. All the administrators. The ADs, the conference commissioners, they all stress that. Well, the same thing, if the same thing happens in college football, then the SEC is going to be in really good shape. I agree. And, and you've got to, I mean, how can you not factor that in? It doesn't matter what your schedule is in the SEC. You're going to have a really strong strength of schedule. I agree. And, 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 Tony, to answer your point, uh, no, there's no set criteria. It's just like basketball. It's a bunch of men in a room. And they look at Surely they're going to have a set criteria. Surely they're going to have a criteria. Like the basketball coaches know I need to beat on each other to uh, either either point differential matters or it doesn't. They're going to let these coaches know that, aren't they, W. or Lynn? But the, the, you look at basketball, yeah, what are they saying basketball? It doesn't matter after you beat somebody by a certain point. No, you know. no, no, that's a misconception. That's why That's why Tennessee rolls it up on people, because they're gaming yes, the system. That's, that's still a bunch of guys making a decision. There's no formula that says if you do that, you know, that's going to help you out. But, it, but I think, but, uh, W. Lynn, what it does is creates an image, and... You go back in Tennessee, uh, losing to South Carolina. Tennessee didn't just lose to South Carolina; it lost by twenty-five points. Oh yeah, that, that and, and so it. that really stuck out because South Carolina finished strong, but it already had the image of kind of being a mediocre team, and yeah. it beats. And also, I think it it helped and hurt Tennessee 
then South Carolina scored 63 points. Again, it's an image thing. And people say, well, Tennessee's defense is kind of shaky. And lo and behold, Spencer Rattler throws for six touchdowns. And people say, maybe selection committee members say, well, yeah, they just don't have the defense. And uh, but, I think but it creates I, I agree an image. with all that. I'm just saying there's only six at large bids. There's six champions get in. And so, you know, you don't want to be down but there. But it's still eight teams. But it's still eight teams, WLN. You're just arriving at your six differently. Those other leagues are one-bid leagues, man. I mean, you can say that all you want. Those other leagues are one-bid leagues. And you can say, well, what happens if Clemson gets beat by so-and-so? They sit home. They no, sit Clemson at home. Clemson at 11-1 would not sit home if they got beat by somebody 8-4. and four. Matt Dixon, jump in here and intervene. Would they not sit home? Uh I, a, a one-loss team from one of these power leagues is not going to miss the playoffs, whether well, they win it. their conference right. title or not. Damn it, WLN. If Purdue had beat Michigan, Michigan would have taken one of our at-large spots. What do you say, John? Well, again, you've got to do it, you know, evaluate it every year. It depends on how good that team is at loss. See, I mean, if oh, I'm yeah. looking at Michigan and it loses uh, to um, – Purdue, that's a really bad loss in my mind. But I think, yeah, Michigan would would still it would have taken an at large position. It depends on the it depends on the program, and there are all kind of biases that factor into this. But let's face it, uh, traditional powers are going to get a little more. They're going to get a little more leverage. I mean, you know, Michigan is a really good program. Now, if you say had. Iowa or Wisconsin in that position, and, and it lost to Purdue? Mm, maybe not. You brought up yeah. Clemson. Clemson's won two national championships and I don't know how many of the last, it, within 10 years, certainly. Uh, so it has the image. Uh, nobody else in that conference has that image right now. Florida State may grow into it, and, and we mentioned Miami is has that kind of potential but I think it depends. You look at the new. You look at the new Big Twelve, um, and I can't even name the teams that will be in it. Once Oklahoma and Texas depart in 2024, uh, a one-loss team from that conference, I can't see it getting into the uh, college football playoff. Agreed. Oh, but I'm just saying, to be safe, you, that final poll, you want to be in the top eight if you're not in the championship game, just to be safe. Well, W. Lynn, I love you. I appreciate your clarification, but the math remains the same because just as Jimmy Page and Robert Plant once said, the song remains the same. Let's go back to the phones. Meet the old boss, same as the new boss. Uh, Nashville Lee, welcome in. Oh, what's going on, fellas? What up? You mean to tell me Cookville Billy ain't getting his job done at Florida? <laughs> I mean, he's a cover machine, though. It depends on what you're talking about, because he's a cover machine. <laughs> Let Brad go ahead, man. That. <laughs> he's gone after this year. Matt, did you just make a Brad Bohannon reference with him and his covering, Matt? Well, if, if Napier's a cover machine, like you say, Bohannon could get back on the right side of things. 
He bet against his own team, though, Matt. That's blood money, to quote Bino Jeff Henderson. Well, one, Oklahoma, I'm sorry. Oklahoma ain't sniffing a national title in, his, in the SEC. Not with, not with Brent no. Venables. I'll tell you that right not now. Not with anybody. <laughs> uh, it's, their coach ran. Let's let's tell the truth on him. Let's tell the truth on Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy got him a good job in the early 30s and multimillionaire, the whole deal. He had the sense to get out of here. The problem is where he fled to is going into a monster league itself, but it's not the SEC. The Big Ten's a good league, but it ain't this league, John Adams. No, and, and but the thing about uh, Oklahoma, Brent Venables isn't getting it done. It will get rid of him quickly. Quickly. Uh, oh, he'll, he'll be gone in a couple of years, too. Yes. Because they're, they're, they're not, right now, Oklahoma State has a better shot of winning a national title in the newly designed Big 12 than Oklahoma does in the SEC, coming out of the SEC. I mean, I, I'm sorry. They, that guy's terrible. He's not a good coach. Oklahoma's got a rude awakening come, coming for him. Texas, on the other hand, Texas is, Texas is going to be fine in this league. Um, some of the Pac-12 schools. Lee, are like you that high on Steve Sarkeesian? I, I think Steve Sarkeesian actually is a really good coach. I think Texas is going to be excellent this year. Um, they're going to have one of the three or four best offenses in the country. They're, they're absolutely loaded. Loaded. Um, that, yeah, they're, they've got weapons dripping yeah. out of their ear holes. They're what we call I'm loaded. Still not, Quinn I'm Ewers, still not sold on for, for everything with, with Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers looked looked amazing in their spring game. I mean, all the word around around that program has been he's oh. taking it seriously, and it was very much – you could see the difference in him in the, in the spring game. What year is Quinn um, yours? Is he – this his third year? Uh, yes. Yeah, this is his third year. That kind of stinks because so, I, I, mean, I really wish he, he would keep that Manning kid off the field for two years. I think that would be kind of funny. I, well, I think yours, yours is probably a tough – yours is a legit NFL draft pick, I think. Um, first round draft pick probably next year. John, so, they should have beaten Texas uh, last year. That wasn't a fluke. That Bijan Robinson's a bad man. Yeah, but see, I, I just I'm, still have questions about Steve Sarkeesian. Well, he's answering them. Well, I'll say I'll say this about Sark. Listen, if he they should win the Big Twelve this year. If yeah. he doesn't win the Big Twelve this year, then then I think it's fair to go ahead and question whether or not he can truly get it done uh, at Texas. I, actually, I do think he can. I think he's a really good coach. I think in modern college day football, he's the type of coach you have to have that that, that runs modern day offense, um, and, and he can recruit. I, I think they're going to be. I think Texas is going to be fine in that. John, is he being serious? So Oklahoma can't compete, but Texas can with Sark. Is it? Is Nashville Lee doing a bit today, John? What's he doing? No, I think he's very serious about it, and but I just don't have that. I don't share that opinion about Steve Sarkeesian. I agree with uh, that. If I look at his his track record, his longtime track record, what's he really ever done? And we're always talking about Texas in terms of potential. Always. Hey, Matt, is it, he doing bits today? Is uh, Nashville Lee doing a bit today, Matt? What are we doing in here? No, Texas has a really talented roster. I mean, that's that's what you have to have to win in this sport. But it has it has had talented rosters before. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they were constructed very well along the lines of scrimmage. They had some of the 
the Butch Jones, you know, the, the, the high-profile positions they loaded up on and boosted their rankings, but they weren't good on the interior. Hey, Lee, I think Sarkeesians built yeah. them on both lines pretty well. Out of every five years, Lee, Tennessee should be in the playoff under a 12-team format how many times? What what you say? I'd mean, say, say three. Every three out of every five, a little more than 50%. Six out of ten, boy, that'd be a great run. That'd be a lot of fun, six out of ten. I mean, I mean, I think that's legitimate. I mean, obviously the landscape is always changing with teams, and yep. obviously we're coming in a new era with NIL, and, and you know, you got teams like TCU last year that kind of can come out of nowhere and and put together runs and put together years. So, you know, the, the Pac-12, I think you're kind of selling Pac-12 short. I think the Pac-12 is, this is a much better conference this year than it's been in the past. Um, it's going to be a really good league this year. They're probably going to beat each other up some, so, so I don't know if a team can actually get into the playoff. But it's it's a much better league than it has been in the past. It's going to be a really exciting football. They they've got the best group of quarterbacks in that conference than any other quarterbacks, and they ain't even close. One bid league. I mean, I mean it might be like I, I think Washington is legit. Um, I think they're a thousand percent legit. Um, I think that they've got a coach that you have to have in modern day college football. Of course, excellent. Win. Yep. Yeah, I mean Michael Penix is legit Heisman Trophy winner. I mean they're going to score sixty points. Almost every game this year, they're, they're ridiculous, and there's a lot of other good quarterbacks in that league too. So, like I said, it's always changing. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but I, I think I think the Pac-12 is, is going to be all right. Um, we need some good football. You talk about Colorado. I mean, I bet their season went total. I bet that as many times as I possibly could, and it's been dropping like crazy. He's You've seen coaches take over jobs before, and there's been, like, reclamation projects. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, to 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. There are a lot of fun days in May. There's Cinco de Mayo. There's May the 4th Be With You. There's No Socks Day. What? May all your days be winners this month with the all-new Instant Games. They feature top prizes up to $200,000 and are waiting for you at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
The Tennessee Lottery congratulates this year's graduates from all the colleges and universities across the state. Your achievements set the stage for a brighter tomorrow. We're happy to have helped along the way by raising more than $6.8 million for education and funding over 1.9 million scholarships and grants, including Hope Scholarships, Tennessee Promise, and much more. Visit DionLottery.com to see how our proceeds support successful futures. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.